created live on Fireside. Happily. There we go. Invite to video. There, I selected her. While we're waiting for her to jump on, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to it. It's a special edition of Doing It Sober Live with your hosts, Daniela Park and myself, Chris Nell. Let's take this time now as well. If you have any questions with regards to our guest and her journey, please do feel free to ask when we open the floor pending the closer of the show. And I'm very excited about this guest, huh? Someone from my neck of the woods, from the television world. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello there, Miss White. Hey. Let me... Allow me How uh, are sorry, Miss Windenberg. Forgive me for mispronouncing. Uh, just an intro. If the pen is mightier than the sword, mightier still is the registered coil of the mic, as well as the sure shot barrel of a camera lens. Pioneer Steven Spielberg believed that at some point or another, television held more potential than the big screen itself. That statement wouldn't perhaps preclude the birthing to the concept of quote-unquote unscripted television. Reality TV and premise provides viewers with insight to how a person reacts to real-life first-world dreams and dilemmas, although the notion remains conflicted if the captured content is faithful or just simply industry play-for-play. Play. Although emotional transparency, which includes factors like anguish and heartbreak, are qualities that no one can fake and therefore no camera can miss. Miss Bronwyn Wyndham Burke knows this all too well. She graced network screens as part of the ensemble series The Real Housewives of Orange County. The question arises, how does inviting audiences into one's private life affect one's mental state, notwithstanding the lives of those we love? Bronwyn joins us to talk about her sobriety, life and love beyond the cameras. Madam, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I'm coming to you from the car because I got very lost on a hike today and it took us a couple hours more than we anticipated to get home. <laughs> oh my golly, <laughs> but you're here. <laughs> but I'm here, I'm here. We made it We made it out of the wilderness alive. Well, thank goodness for that. Uh, Bronwyn, if you don't mind me asking, how exactly would it be that you would end up on the television show Real Housewives of Orange County? Honestly, it was my Instagram. I didn't know any of the housewives. Really? I was not, I was not in that world at all. I was a stay-at-home mom to seven children. And I had like 600 followers. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was an Instagram. And I, I was asked by, on my Instagram, the casting director, um, Matthew Solomon, reached out to me. And he said, have you heard of the show Real Housewives of Orange County? And I said, of course I have. You know, everyone's heard of the mm -hmm. housewives. Um, and he's like, would you, you know, mind sitting down and talking with us? And I said, of course, that sounds fun. I had just had my seventh child and, um, wow, I, was looking, I was looking for something in my life that as much as I loved being a mom, I wanted something that was just for me. Um, and so it kind of came at a time in my life where I, I was looking for something. And so the audition process took about four months. There's lots of different steps and levels, lots of videotaping, all of that. And then in February of, I think, 2018, 19, mm -hmm. um, 18, they called me and said, hey, you got the job. You're, you know, you're going to be a housewife. And I was so excited. Well, I can imagine that. But now here comes my second question in starker contrast. Being on a television show, you know, I worked as a television producer oh, for a shooting content. Her. My goodness. Hi, Bronwyn. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> 
Daniela has rejoined us. You know our technology, my uh, second ex-wife. Um, I'll just ask this and then I'll hand it off to, to Daniela to continue on forward. Now, you went for the audition process, as I can imagine, extremely exhilarating, but now comes the time where you literally have to film. As I said, I was a television producer. It's a daunting process. I'm assuming it's 12 to 16 hours of videotaping and you must have been literally like, you didn't possibly even remember your own name by the time that shooting had finished. Am I right in that summation? No, I loved it. No, I mean, I love it. Really? I love being busy. I love having things to do. I thought it was so much fun. We filmed like two or three scenes a day, five days a week for 16 weeks. I loved mm -hmm. it. Filming is so fun. You have places to go because yeah. every Friday we would get a call sheet saying where we were going to be and what we were doing. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I like being busy, though. Obviously, well, I'm doing you know this from the car. <laughs> and you're improvising, which is a wonderful feat. Bye. Daniela, the floor is yours, darling. Hi. You know, I'm having such poor connection, so uh, forgive me. But, you know, I I watch the, uh, the episodes. I watch all the episodes. But the episode, it just broke my heart, Bronwyn, when I watched you just getting sober. And these girls were just absolutely horrible. They just had no clue. Um, you phased out a little, but I, I know where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, that was really awful. I think what they did at the time was really, really bad. They were stuck in the mindset of I was faking it. The only thing that they were in their head is, oh, she's trying to get more screen time. She's faking alcoholism. So not only did I have to get sober, I had to prove that I was an alcoholic, which no one should have to do. Oh, for um, God's sake. And that that is... You know, that is the sad part about reality television is that you're with women that are like, oh, you're just doing that for a storyline. I mean, I, I always say if I was going to do something for a storyline, I would have come up with a t-shirt line or something. I wouldn't have not drinking around the bitches. <laughs> it's hard. Um, <laughs> you know? But this was my third time getting sober. And I, okay. I had to. So every time I... I went back out. I, you know, it, my, my bottom came faster and faster. And I knew that I didn't have any other, like I had to get sober and Captain Sandy was amazing from below deck. She was like, you have to do this on camera because that's going to make you accountable. And I really think that her words saved my life. You know, wonderful. Um, being accountable really? to everyone. Yeah, I think if I had had, there were some moments, like you said, the women were awful to me. There were some really, they were awful about me coming out. They were awful about me being an alcoholic. And there were definitely mm. some moments in life that if I hadn't had that accountability to so many people publicly, I probably would have gone back out. And it, so, yeah, they were really awful people, but that says way more about them than it does about me. Well, well said. Well said. Yeah. So the 12, the 12 step program helped you quite a bit. I also have 12 step program saved my life as well. And get, I wanted to talk to you about sponsorship because that's obviously something that's really important for somebody like you and me who have lived kind of different lives that are, um, not really the norm. And so. You know, there's a lot of stigmas out there and all these things that people say that, and judgments and all this. You have to find the right person to sponsor you that's not going to judge you. That's just going to be there to save your life. And 
was that hard for you or were you able to find somebody that you could I'm, work with? Well, I got sober January 30th, 2020. And the pandemic shut down where I lived, I think around March 14th. So I didn't have a sponsor when it came time for the shutdown. Cause I went to my first meeting at 30 days sober. So honestly, I took the first person that was recommended to me. <laughs> you know, Great. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't in the rooms. I wasn't meeting people in person. So I had a friend that had been sober for 19 years and she's like, she talked to her sponsor. Who do you think is good? She said this person, I was like, okay. I mean, I, I really, I needed someone because I had been trying to get yeah. sober by myself during a pandemic and that was hard. Yeah. yeah. I can well imagine. Yes. It's starting over. It's someone completely new at, you know, whatever age in your thirties or forties. And yeah. that's difficult. That's really difficult. And I really so did. How try, do you stay sober? I mean, the same way that most people do one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time, you know, at days. Um, I think the thing for me is daily check-ins, you know, every day before I go to bed, I check in with myself. Um, uh, for me, one of the things that helps me the most, like when I'm having a bad day is two things. One, I get moving. If I'm having a bad day and I'm craving a drink, I, I go for a walk. I get outside. I do something physical. Mm. I get out of my headset mm. and then also doing something for others. So, um, reaching out to other alcoholics that have less time than me, you know, I think being right. of service to other people when you get out of your own headspace is the best thing we all can do. It's so easy to get stuck in our own stories and our own stuff that when you get out and you reach out to other alcoholics, that's sort of where you find the peace and the camaraderie in the family. Yeah. Community. Well, I, right. I love that transparency. You know, just one last question I want to ask with regards to your TV experience and marrying that with sobriety. You know, you mentioned that um, during your time there, you had gotten sober, you had came out of the closet and so on and so forth, and you got this bad reaction. Did that, I don't want to say stigma, but did that, did the media hound you in any given way and did it affect your mental state and your sobriety going forward after you left the show? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first came, I mean, I came out because TMZ had a photo of me with my ex-girlfriend, Chris. So I was kind of put in a position oh, where I had to no. come out before I was ready. Um, I know something recently happened with Rebel Wilson. And I was like, yeah, I mean, not to say that I'm anywhere near like her, but that, you know, I came out before I was ready because I had to. Um, and then right. for a few months, I couldn't leave my house without being followed by the paparazzi. Everything we did. And, you know, my girlfriend at the time, Chris, she wanted nothing to do with this. Um, and it was hard. We'd go to the beach. We'd go to dinner. Everywhere we went, we were followed. And that that was hard. You know, we, I was dealing with a lot privately. Uh, and then I'm having to talk about it publicly. And I, I didn't even know. The sober thing was easier because people were more embracing. But coming out, people <laughs> weren't, weren't liking that. So it was a lot to have to deal with before I was... I had the skills, I, the understanding myself. I had to talk about something that mm. I hadn't fully conceptualized yet. That was hard. Yeah. But I, I mean, mm. looking back mm. though, I'm so grateful because I love being out. I love dating women. I love my life now, how I'm getting to live it so honestly. Like, I, it's like starting, it's like being a kid. I'm just so happy. Like, long story short, I'm just so happy. You get well, you're glowing. It's, you're glowing. That's and the it speaks for itself. Lost in the woods for two hours. 
Any learning you can walk. I suddenly have more common sense. That was um. <laughs> Any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I'm glowing or I just should have worn sunscreen, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what are you doing now? Like, what is your you know because you're you're in between the first couple of years of your sobriety. Are you? helping others like as far as sponsorship are you like are you what are you doing for like giving back to sobriety to stay sober like what is your so i do not sponsor anyone right now i don't feel like i have the bandwidth to take something like that on right now so i'm between <laughs> uh orange county and York. but what i do do and this is something that i talk about a lot on my instagram is I, I answer all my DMs every day about sobriety. I send messages to people newly sober. When if you're in New York or Orange County and you're scared to go to your first meeting, I'll meet you there and I'll take you there. Oh, um, wow. And I've done that. The last, I've been doing that for a while. I don't have to know you to take you to those first few meetings. Um, really cool. And I show up. I, between my own life with my own kids, you know, we're going through a divorce right now. I, I don't feel like I can... Someone, oh no, I'm. It's great. I'm super happy. Um, <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm so, like, and I, I'm, I don't mean this in a real way, but I think that's the gift of sobriety is like you can just put it all into perspective. Like everything is okay because I'm sober now, so I can handle it. So sure, you know, sure. <laughs> it just is what it is. You could throw it out there and. <laughs> What are you laughing at? I'm just, <laughs> the best part about getting divorced is because I'm gay and I don't want to be with a man. <laughs> I'm on a date right now, so we're both just laughing. Like, no, we, getting divorced is great. <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> I meant it lightheartedly, of course. I have that effect. No, but so that's, that's how I give back the most is I help as many people as I can through my social media platforms, sure. I'm always, if there's a speaker meeting, I will always show up to help. If there is a fundraiser to raise money for the recovery, anything to do with the sober community or LGBTQ community, I say yes to everything. You know, I will always show up. Yeah. Thank you for answering my message. That was, you know, it was shocking because a lot of people don't. And that was really sweet. And I'm so glad you're here with us because a lot of, of people, course. you know, they look up to people that I, I could barely talk. I put Botox in my lips and now I'm like this. I'm sorry. It's not going away. It's so hard I get, to talk. I get it. I had it done once on the and I looked like I had a seizure. It was awful. But oh, now, it's so that's, embarrassing. That's the thing. Like if you text me about where my outfit came from, odds are I'm probably not going to get back to you because I only have so much time to, you know, to respond to messages. But if it's sober, if it's advice on getting sober, staying sober, or something to do with someone coming out or whatever, then I 100% have, you have me. And right. even now I have ongoing right. chat with people I've never met. That's awesome. That is so great. Thanks for doing that. Really of course. Cool. And having that intimate connection with, with people, of course, and want, wanting them, uh, wanting to help them get better must obviously just, you know, really just fire your soul on the inside, doesn't it? 
I think that the that's the kind of the important thing about the sober community is, and I always try to tell people this who are getting sober for the first time or and scared to go to their first meeting, you have a family, you know, you are going to feel more welcome there than ever. And I think by making people understand for me, two things, one, it's, you're not, it's not embarrassing to be an alcoholic. Like it's like saying I have not. Like I have blonde hair and I'm an alcoholic. You know, we need to take the stigma away from it. Um, you know, like some people whisper it. I'm like, no, you can say it loudly. I'm my name is Bronwyn. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, mm. But and then also trying to show people just through living my own life is that you can still have a great time during sobriety. You know, when I first got sober, I was like, this is it. I'm never gonna have fun again. My life is over. I'm gonna watch Netflix. That's it. Like life is over. <laughs> And you kind of don't realize oh, darn. how much I have. I have so much more fun now, and I remember it, and I get home safely. It's amazing. Now, is it in the family? Do you guys have anyone in your family? Like My whole tree family? is covered in it. Yeah, I mm. have a beautiful alcoholic tree. My father, unfortunately, passed away from this disease, um, as did his father. My aunt is in recovery, so that's really great. You know, but I have some other family awesome members stuff. that are still struggling. So, my dad wasn't much older than me when he passed away from this. So that was that was wow. always in the back of my head. You know, if I and I know this personally. I, it took me, I had to drink every single way. I, I tried only on weekends, only after five. Only, I have tried to drink, and I think this is the last time I fully realized the only thing that will happen if I period, drink again, I will die. Yeah, because you managed it for quite a long time, and you never really got too crazy on the show until, like, the end. I mean, I would have never noticed, because everybody drinks so much, that... You know, you, you did oh, pretty no. good. Uh, I mean, I would have been. I did a lot. Yo. Well, keep in mind, you see one one hundredth of what we film. There's entire days, nights, I mean, parties that you never see. You really see a small, small part of what we film. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't want me to look like a drunk, I wasn't going right. to. Right, okay, got it. <laughs> Great, yeah. got It's very edited. I don't think people... I was listening to your intro and I'm laughing because reality TV is not real life. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, if you watch that show and if you have any idea of who any of us are, it's like, I'm, I hate to burst your bubble, but yeah. you know, people are always surprised when they meet me. They're like, you're so different than your character on the show. I'm like, exactly. Cause that was a character. I have to ask you this. Have you ever considered taking your story, putting it into a one-woman show, and doing it on stage? Oh, my God, I haven't, but that would be so fun. Because oh. you are oh a raconteur to boot. I, I, my problem is whatever comes into my head comes out of my mouth. And so I can get in a lot of I think I should do that now. I think I'm going to – I think I need to do that. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I, let's make this happen. This needs to happen. <laughs> oh Lord, forgive me. We're all going to hell. Such a bad idea. <laughs> do, it, do it at a drag show, maybe. That'd be fun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Get RuPaul to open for you. What? 
I'll, I would have get you. RuPaul to open for you. Oh, that would be amazing. Okay, this could be fun. I see yeah. a future career path ahead of me. It's not gonna go well. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a mom of eight, right? You're a mom of eight. Seven. Mom of seven. seven. I mean, unless you kept. I have seven kids, unless you count my husband's girlfriend, and then we have eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy sorry couldn't help it so <laughs> so between being a mom and your sobriety what do you, what else are you up to like what's your your plans i know you just had a breakup i'm sorry to hear about that i think you mentioned something about it was like was it your first love you're like yeah, real she true was my, love it was like my first long-term female relationship and right. I was madly in love with her but it was just not the healthiest relationship it was very passionate but it wasn't healthy right. um and it hurts so but it's like you know what and that's the joy of sobriety though is like I don't have to go through it alone I have the tools I have the program this too shall pass one day at a time like I'm not gonna sit in the sorrow um so right now I'm working on an on, on a book so all of this oh, is being nice. written down and it's very sober focused. That is the point of this book, is to help other people get sober. I recently filmed for a major streaming uh, network, so I'm waiting to see if that gets picked up. Um, and it's less reality show, more docu-series. Oh, neat. Uh, I've been doing a lot of public speaking, you know. Like I said, if you ask me to come and speak, I'm always there when it comes to LGBTQI plus or sobriety stuff. And that's kind of where my focus is right now. And then I do the every, every other week. So when I'm home with the kids, I'm 100% present and home with the kids. Mm. God love you for that. And um, <laughs> just ask Chris, just do it. You're silly, Chris, just do it. <laughs> what is the title of your upcoming one woman show <laughs> i think i should kind of make it in the same character as the book so the book right now the working i don't actually i might not be able to say this i'm gonna okay i might not be able to say this out loud but i i know it but i don't sure. want to get in trouble because i might have signed something no 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 no. i get you yeah. i get you in that regard okay my so actual question is yeah yeah i have the name it's going to be the same as the book <laughs> but my actual question was is Having gone through what you have gone through, what are some of the life lessons that you've learned that you carry with you every day and what you share with sponsees and people all around you? This too shall pass. Mm, love it. Uh, I think during, you know, I've gone through infidelity, divorce, a child that tried to kill themselves. I have gone through all of this in sobriety. And in the moments, it's so hard. You don't think you're ever going to be okay. Um, and obviously my child has gotten help and she's doing very, very well, but like this too shall pass when you're in that moment where you're like, I don't think I can keep going. Um, all you have to do is make it to a meeting. Even now on, like, we have zoom now, so just yeah. go, there's someone else that's been through that before, you know? So whatever you're going through, just keep going to meetings. This too shall pass. You're going to be okay. You know? Um, and I think, you know, the other thing, and this is, it's a cliche, but it's really is one day at a time. You know, mm. I think a lot of times people get caught up in the, um, you know, I can't drink. How am I ever going to not drink forever? How am I going to do this? Not forever. And it's like, you don't have to figure out forever. You just have to figure out how to get through the next few minutes. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And it's, you know, Danny, those have decisions, you got those, the relationships that we had, like, 
you said it was uncomfortable or it was, it was unhealthy, that relationship you had with that person. So you were able to cut it off sooner than you would, you know, like with your husband 20 years, <laughs> right? right? Well, some of my, our relationship was healthy. It just, you know, I'm gay and he's a man. So. Right, right. right. <laughs> so you're just being the real authentic you. I love it. I dig it. it sure. Is. And you're fun. I mean, you go, you do a lot of fun stuff. I saw you at the parade, you know, it's. I mean, nonstop. That's sort of the joy about being sober is I'm not hungover. I can keep going. You know, I can say yes to something and actually show up. Yeah. Mm. You know, so I might get lost in the wilderness every now and then, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) But like, let's be honest, you know, three years ago, I wouldn't be going for a hike in there, you know. In upstate New York, I would be hungover and I would be in bed all day. Mm. Right. So I get to but do whatever a- I want now and I get to, to say yes to everything. Mm. And it's those experiences that reinvigorates your soul. I mean, I find that in my life, especially now currently as well, with not having to say no, because normally that no, that irrational no versus the more rational no, is majority fear, false evidence appearing real. But if you move past that and you actually say yes to that new experience, it's so invigorating and you learn a side to yourself that you never even thought existed. I said to someone recently, it's like building a wall. Well, your addiction in so many words, your right brain thinking, I can can allude to that. So use your imagination. You're building up a wall consistently and now for the first time, now those walls are coming down. So for the first time, you're discovering who you really are and wow, it's just... Sight unseen, a man are born. Yeah. Danny, have you got something? No, I'm just really thankful you came on. I know you're you're in the car and can't thank you enough. I mean, you're a huge uh, voice in the recovery world. And it's for you to come on, it was really sweet. And for of you to course. carry the message, you know, it's a good thing. And we appreciate it. Always. I'm Like I said, I'm always here for anyone in recovery. And Bronwyn, for my side, thank you very much as well. It's a privilege, a real, real privilege to have met you. And that's where we're going to cut it here. Again, a huge thank you to uh, Ms. Bronwyn Wyndham-Burke from uh, the Real Housewives of Orange County from the television lens, now a new voice in recovery. We'd also like to invite the audience next time. If you have Q&As for our guests, please feel free. But in the meantime as well, have a lovely week further. And remember, life is better when you're doing it sober. God bless everyone. Look after yourselves. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Good night.